Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. And we are continuing our study on the festivals of Israel. And so last week we talked about Passover and kind of a quick introduction to the festivals. And this week we're looking at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So for those of you that aren't familiar too much with the Jewish festivals, a lot of the times anymore, they kind of um, couple together Passover and Unleavened Bread. But we wanted to give you two weeks of it because um, it's just such a rich and awesome festival. And so then we also want to tell you guys about one other thing uh, we have coming around the corner. It's our parables cohort. And we loved having get, uh, having the opportunity to get to know some really awesome youth leaders in yeah. the country and in other parts of the country. And wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. We're we actually love your- <laughs> now because Wendy was Canadian. Yeah, I know. We're international. Oh, my gosh, Mark. We have an international reach now. That's right. Do you feel amazing? Um, I feel like some hard work has paid off because, you know, we we finally have an international friend. I just had this visual. I, I've been teaching my daughter how to like not just fist bump, but do like the pew, like after the fist yeah, bump. You know? I feel like, you know, the parables cohort with people in the U.S. was like a fist bump. And then the fact that yeah. we were like, pew, now we're international. Yeah. It's like that yeah. blast off. For sure. Okay. Well, let's not hype ourselves up too much because we're really not that awesome. <laughs> Okay, so can I start our talk about unleavened bread with a funny story? Yeah, I'd love that. So I'm I'm studying at HUC, Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, and I studied there um, because I fell in love with the content in seminary, yeah. and it's just yeah. the doctoral program I got into, and some of my professors had been there. And I made really good Jewish friends who are serving as rabbis like all over the country. One day... My friend Noah comes into class with a photo and he's like, Mark, look at this. And uh, he shows me a photo and this guy has a tattoo on his arm that says matzot. And like, like who knows what he, what he thought the word meant or if he really wanted the word matzot, which yeah. is the word for unleavened bread. Right? right. Matzot. And Noah looked at me and he's like, I guarantee this is a Christian pastor that doesn't know he tattooed <laughs> so the cracker on his arm. <laughs> so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So unleavened bread, like you said, is a festival that kind of comes right after Passover. And totally. you're not supposed to have leavened bread on Passover either. No, so you no. just kind of jam them together. And it's in that same season, the uh, Chodesh Rosh or the head month mm-hmm. um, of Aviv. So the 15th through the 21st-ish mm-hmm. of Aviv, you're not supposed to have unleavened bread. And the ish goes with the March and April. Because like you said, the Jewish calendar is lunar. So it might fall in March, might fall in April. Did you mean to say that during that week, you're supposed to have unleavened bread? You're not supposed to have bread with leaven. Yeah, you're supposed to have unleavened bread. Okay, How did right I on. say it? You I said you're not supposed to have bread. unleavened bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, su- you're most certainly not supposed to have leaven in your bread um there's a really (laughs) great image behind that it's that you um uh basically are celebrating the fact that when passover happened 
and Yahweh led you out as a people, well, ain't nobody got time for bread to rise. Mm-mm. You got to move out of there swiftly, quickly. You're supposed Come to be on. ready to go. If yeah. you read um, Exodus, it's actually amazing. They're telling the story of Exodus, and then there's a cut in where a scribe has outlined how you keep the festival of Passover. It's like he's jammed in. Oh, yeah, this is how you'll keep Passover from this point forward. Yeah. The whole way that the festival is described in Exodus is like, be ready to leave. Yeah. God's bringing you out. God's delivering you. Don't let the bread rise. Yeah. Be ready to go. Right? So the Festival of Unleavened Bread is a call to remembrance in Israel's history of their exodus from Egypt. Yes. It's a call to remember that God led us out of Egypt and that's why it becomes such a powerful metaphor in the New Testament. Yeah. The gospel writers, it was N.T. Wright was the first person I, I heard really articulate this well. Um, but he said to really understand what the gospel writers are doing and how Jesus understands himself. You have to understand that Exodus is in the thought bank, except now we have an Exodus from human sin. And you have to understand that Jesus identifies himself as a Passover lamb. Yeah. You have a whole bunch of sacrifices in the Hebrew Bible yeah. that Jesus could, uh, could identify himself with. Mm-hmm. And he says, nope, I'm the lamb who's come to take away. Or what John says, this is the lamb who's come to take away the sins of the world. That's right. Jesus says, I've actually come to suffer and die for the mm-hmm. sins of the world. Mm-hmm. He views himself as the Passover lamb. That's right. That takes the... Um, transgressions against God upon himself. That's the central metaphor, right? Yeah. And so when you map through the New Testament, the life of Jesus, his arrest, his trial, Mm -hmm. his execution, his Mm -hmm. burial, his resurrection are all in this week. Yeah, uh, you're right. Back into matzot, unleavened bread. And the even cooler thing behind it is throughout the New Testament, this idea of yeast in your bread has mm-hmm. grown up or snowballed or yeah. risen like dough. Oh, into the, hey. Worst dad joke yet. That was pretty um, good, actually. Into this metaphor of sin, though. Do you remember when Jesus says, mm-hmm. hey, hey, to his disciples, beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the uh, Herodians? Right, that's right. And, and he, and I thought it was the Sadducees. That, maybe it is. I have to it, go back and check. Yeah. Um, but what he's what he's trying to say is there's a there's a transgressing or missing the point path of each of these groups' way of like doing Torah. Yeah, right? you're right. And it's sin. It's missing the mark. It's, yeah. uh yeast has grown up into the metaphor of sin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Peter and James are also arrested at the exact same time. It's almost like you loop back. Um, and by Acts 12, Peter and James are arrested by Herod huh. the exact same week. Really? Right? Look at yep. that. Yep. Yeah, big things happen during Jewish festivals. Yeah. It's and always then, something big. Um, and I'm just trying to show you that like, as these writers of the New Testament are putting together their texts, the festivals are in their mind's eye just <laughs> way more than you would ever guess. Yeah. And it's because it's not in ours. As modern Westerners, we're generally not thinking in terms of the festivals. Yeah. But once you know that they are, you start to see it everywhere. So, oh, for, for sure. You know, the, the remarkable thing to me is that 
you know, here they are celebrating their exodus from Egypt, right? Their break from slavery, their freedom yeah. from uh, the, the oppression, right, of the enemy. And Jesus does that through his life, right? He offers us an escape from spiritual Egypt, a deliverance from yeah. the enemy, um, uh, a way out from the slavery of the bondage of sin. And it's just, you know, it just makes me wonder. And again, when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to see yeah. what's really going on. You kind of have to take a step back. But to see the spiritual imagery, the connections between the life of Jesus and what Israel's celebrating in the Feast of Unleavened Bread are unmistakably, undeniably super similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same metaphor Paul will use again when he's actually talking about sexual immorality mm-hmm. in First Corinthians. So great text for students. And, and, uh, and uh, he says in, in chapter five that um, essentially you need to get rid of the leaven that's yeah. worked its way into your unleavened bread. That's the metaphor he uses. I mean, you can go read it yourself, but uh, these things are just in the backdrop of mm-hmm. how they're telling the story. Yeah. And a step farther to say is, is to say this is Jesus self-identified, like yeah. self-identity. He comes um, as the son of God into our world and the best way to describe himself to his people mm. is through the festivals because those festivals are about how you're supposed to relate to God. Yeah. And what I love is love too, is that the festivals are always pointing people towards some sort of self-reflection and a realization of one's sin and need for cleansing. Like and that'll show up in the other festivals that we talk about here too And I just wonder, you know, sometimes I think to myself, like our youth ministry calendars and the way that we structure ourselves with our typical youth ministry events and things like that, do they give us pause for reflection on our own need for repentance or our own need to have the leaven removed from our lives? Like, are we really going there with our kids? Are we challenging them to do that? Are we doing it ourselves? I think you're... Yeah. I think you're not only onto something, you're onto one of the most difficult barriers we encounter in discipling students. And that's that our culture is no longer comfortable Mm. calling things sin. Mm. And they're no longer comfortable understanding that there's a moral code before God that we've violated. Sure. But the problem is, you know, if you don't ever teach your kids that sin is serious, Mm. that it puts us in wrong relationship to God and to others. And Jesus atones for that. And out of that grace, we try to live into Christ likeness as best Mm -hmm. we can. If you don't give them that framework, Mm -hmm. they'll never take steps in college because they won't name their own sin. They'll just Mm -hmm. be like, man, that was a crazy night and move on. Sure. And that's what our culture essentially does is it says it was crazy and forgets about it or it laughs at it like that morality was a joke Mm -hmm. to begin Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And the festivals require a deep internal reflection about life with God. Yeah. I've been discipling this teenage girl for over a year now. And, um, you know, there's this similar issue that keeps resurfacing in her life. And, you know, old Heather would have been like, I don't want to just, you know, offend her or, make her mad at me by, you know, like really calling her out or challenging her on this. But I was like, you know what? 
old Heather's like, I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, like yeah. I just, I just went for it the other night when we were talking, I was, and I said to her, I said, look, I was like, this issue keeps coming up in your life. I want you to do some real self-reflection and some real hard work to figure out what's at the root of keeping you from being able to, to jump all the way in with God, um, the other direction. And so, you know, like, this is what we got to do, right? We've got to challenge our kids in ways that, um, that challenge them spiritually to grow instead of just kind of pat them on the back and say, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, understanding how Jesus sees himself in that equation though, it is like the way forward because you can recognize the gravity and you can hold the gravity of sin against God in one hand. Yeah. And on the other, you can offer them this brilliant love. Yes. Um, that's, that's, that's compelling, right? Yeah. It's, it's what your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. That right. kind of thing. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point too. Cause we definitely, we definitely need to make sure when we challenge our kids that we let them know we believe in them, that we love them, that we're there for them. And that was something that I reassured her with the other day too, you know, is that I knew she was going to do great. I knew she had what it took. You know, I just tried to say those words to her too, because, you know, we can't just tear people up and not build them down. We can't just say, Hey, get rid of that loving and not, you know, then walk alongside of them in the journey. Right. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I, I don't have it all figured out and I know you would say the same thing as a youth pastor. For sure. But I've always tried to offer when I recognize a pattern that's honestly sin in, mm-hmm. in a student's life, I've tried to instead of holding it over their head as a look what you did or a shame, yeah. to offer it as a gateway to something new and say, like, mm-hmm. recognizing that that sin hurts your relationship with God and others is now this great opportunity to yeah. journey into something new. Amen. Naming it is often the hardest part. You start to name a monster mm-hmm. and then you get rid of it. I mean, that's the, that's the image all through the Bible. Yeah. When you can name it, you can start to take steps to yeah, make it absolutely. go. And that you know. reminds us once more that just as the, Feast of Unleavened Bread reminds us of the spiritual ex or the, the exodus from Egypt. We as youth pastors have the opportunity to lead people in spiritual ex in spiritual exodus away from sin and slavery and bondage and into the new life that Jesus offers as he offers it through his life, death and resurrection. I can't say it any better. That's there great. it is. So friends, thanks for joining us for this episode. And uh, hopefully you'll come and hang with us next week as we look at the Feast of First Fruits. I wonder if that's, that's how right. Jesus, I don't think Jesus would probably say it like that, but that's okay. Um, well, hey, uh, so if you want to check out more of what we're up to at First Century Youth Ministry, we've got new people that are hanging out with us on our Facebook group. we got new people joining. We'd love for you to join us there if you haven't yet. Check out our Parables cohort by the book First Century Youth Ministry get plugged in with us. We just want to make more friends and hopefully impact this generation of youth leaders to make a true difference in the lives of the teenagers whom they love and disciple. So right, bye, see everyone. you guys next time. Bye.